Welcome to Add Bible, an audio daily devotion from the Ezra Project. Alan J. Huth shares a Bible passage with comments from over 35 years of his personal Bible reading journals and applies the Word of God to our daily lives. Today we are in Luke chapter 14. We'll read about the parable of a marriage feast and the parable of the great banquet. So let's listen in to Faith Comes by Hearing's reading of Luke 14. Luke 14. One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him, and he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed, because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges, and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me 
cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Back when I was about 40 years old, I was searching for God. I was already a Christian, but I was trying to find my way. I have a few journal entries that I have not shared yet concerning this issue, so I choose to share them today. It looks like I had some job opportunities available to me, and I was trying to find what was proper, what was the best course of action for my life. I was actually reading the book, Finding God. So here are some of my journal entries from 1994 concerning this issue. I share them because you may be in this situation like I was in. One journal entry read, Finding God, my search, my selfishness, my self-centered world. Get me on God's team and let me play. What is our purpose? Am I helping? Where do you find God? For love and joy, I have neither. For a right attitude toward Terry, and another day I wrote, I'm trying to find God, reading the book entitled that. It's a frustrating book so far. My prayer is to have a right attitude toward God, not prideful or selfish, but God-based. It's hard to understand all this. An example, I want to do well for God, like when I speak. Is that pride or is it okay because people understand the message, give more and more Bibles get purchased and placed and hopefully more people get saved? God knows my heart, my attitude, so I will keep seeking, and he promised I will find. Another entry I wrote on another day, to find God, to experience his joy. Thanks for my relationship with God. He has been very good to me. Maybe you are in a search to find God in your life. Not that you're not a Christian, but that you want direction in your life. You want more meaning. You want more purpose. I was in that boat at 39, 40, 41 years old. I found the answers to my life, and I believe you will too, as long as you keep seeking. It's like what I wrote in one of those journal entries. God knows my heart. He knows your heart. He knows your attitude. So I will keep seeking, and he promised I will find. Keep seeking. He promises you will find. In 1994, after reading Luke chapter 14, I wrote, Do not pick the place of honor. Be humble. It's our job to invite guests to the banquet, to go out and compel them to come in. And then I wrote, why verse 26? So let's look at verse 26. It says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. This is Jesus speaking. Does Jesus really command us to hate I turn to my English Standard Version Study Bible footnote. It says, Hating is a somatic expression for loving less. 
So let's go back through this verse with that in mind. If anyone comes to me and does not love less his own father and mother and his wife and his children and his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. In other words, is Jesus your highest priority? Do you love family less? Do you love your life less than him? I've reconciled verse 26 in my own life. Jesus is my highest priority. Maybe you need to reconcile that in your own life today. Verse 28 helps us do that. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Jesus is saying, if you're going to follow me, count the cost. I want to be your highest priority. And then I wrote about the excuses in chapter 14. I'm too busy. Material possessions are more important or family. I finish with carry my own cross. Count the cost of ministry. And in the third year in a row from 1994, 95, and 96, when I read Luke each year in 1996, I read Luke 14 on a Sunday, but I didn't write any notes. Let's look at the principles to live by in Luke 14. First of all, verse 11. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. There's a fine line between confidence and pride. This verse reminds us to have confidence, but remain humble. Verses 12 through 14 invite us to a banquet. It very well could be the marriage supper of the Lamb, but so many of us make excuses. The excuses are outlined in verses 18 through 20. Most of them relate to, I'm too busy at work, or I'm too busy with my family. Is it important to work? Is it important to spend time with our families? Absolutely. But work and family cannot become more important than our relationship with Jesus. Look at verse 21 after these excuses. Then the master of the house became angry. I never want to anger the Lord. Do you? Jesus invites everybody to the banquet. He invites everybody to come to heaven. He even tells us to compel them to come in. But those who will not accept the invitation shall not taste of the Lord's banquet. Throughout Luke, we have seen Jesus continue to invite people to follow him. But following him has to become our highest priority. It ought not be hard because he's the one that gives us life. He's the one that gives us family. He's the one that gives us jobs. He's the one that offers us skills and abilities to do ministry for him. So what cost is there really to count? He wants us to be salt. Yet he closes with these verses. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use, either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. I pray from Luke chapter 14 that you wouldn't have to worry about counting the cost, that you would elevate Jesus as your highest priority, and that you will truly be salt to the earth. And we close with the prayer Jesus closed with, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen.